What up, everyone? Welcome again to another episode of From My Mom's Garage Home Theater Edition, where we take a movie or TV show and give it back to you full of spoilers, thoughts, concerns, questions, and a review at the end, most likely. Like always, this is your host, Tony, with my boy, Nikki. Hello, 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 my movie goers. How's everybody doing this week? You're about to jump in. I was just waiting. I was like, I was like, remember Double Dutch? You're like, eh, eh, go, go, I'm going. I'm hopping. I'm hopping. I'm hopping. So this movie, this the movie we're going to be reviewing this week was a movie we got to watch this weekend called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Um, This movie actually got a lot of buzz when it first came out because it was it was a movie starring Nicolas Cage playing Nicolas Cage. A fictional uh, fantasized version version of himself. But it, it was it was epic. It was hilarious. Yeah. Like, um, so yeah, the movie starts off as, you know, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you watch the movie and, like, you're not sure if you're, like, watching this is actually going on with him or, you know, all these different things. But, like, obviously, later on, this seems, like, very fictitious. It's not like, no, none of the actors or anything are actually his wife or kids and stuff like that. So, anyways, um, so he starts off basically, you know, feeling like, not necessarily has been, because the main hook of the movie kept on saying was that he never went anywhere. So, because obviously he's always working. Yeah. But the thing is, like, basically, it, it's, he has been in the sense that he hasn't done the movies at the level that he used to do. So, you know, you see him kind of going through his spiral of desperation and stuff like that. where, And then he gets this offer randomly to, to go to a private island as a private event for a party to meet, uh, um, what's his name? Sorry. Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. Javi. Character Javi. Um, and it's, it was such a weird movie. Like I loved it. It was I loved it because of how weird everybody was. I mean, especially uh, especially um, uh, Jose pa- um, Jose Pedro Pedro Pascal. Jeez, you just fucking up his name, <laughs> Pedro Fuck, Pascal. No, I loved how how um, <laughs> how weird he was. Like he was oh, like yeah. such a weird fanboy, and then he would just get crazy like out of nowhere. Fun fact. Mm. Um, apparently Pedro Pascal is a super, as like a Nicholas Cage, Nicholas Cage super fan. Oh, he really is. Yeah, in real life, he is. <laughs> so this is, so the basically the people were playing kind of like themselves, just yeah, obscure like crazy versions of themselves. Yeah, so he's he's his he's been watching Pedro Pascal. I think in the interview say he has watched grown up watching Cage movies since the late eighties. <laughs> yeah, and he, and his specific favorites dozen of times, and he's seen his like specific favorites. Yeah. <laughs> so you have a fanboy, super fanboy, played yeah. by somebody that is a super, super fan fanboy. Because I mean, you think about it, like that's a, I mean, right now he's one of the hottest. Like, you know, he's really well known. I'm sure he's probably getting a lot of offers. So this was such a weird role for him to take, if you think about it. Because like um, uh, other actors that are in this movie, like Tiffany Haddish and and um, and Ike, um, I can't even pronounce his name. By I can't pronounce his last name. I'm sorry, but um, you know, you see them in a lot of like. Um, like super fast movies, like kind of straight to video movies, I guess the term we used to use. Yeah. Um, not to say that they're not good. It's just that's the kind of movies you see them in a lot. And Nicolas Cage is kind of in a similar boat. So, you know, I was so surprised when I saw that Pedro Pascal was going to be in it. I felt like it just kind of added more weight to the role, weight to the movie. Um, but I was, ple- I was really pleasantly surprised by this movie. It's such a weird movie. And the, the things that they would come up with to do out of nowhere was just hilarious. Oh yeah, like uh, like obviously spoiler spoiler guys. Obviously this um, 
the part where they're like, they decided they're going to write a movie together and they decide, okay, well, we got to take a bunch of LSD or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like a bunch of drugs. Like, yeah. Like what? Like, <laughs> like, and they, they were, that scene, that whole scene was just hilarious. Chef's kiss. Like, oh my God. It was a so gem. It was a fucking gem. funny. Like you just see these two guys talking about story, but they're so like gone, <laughs> just mentally just gone. And it was just so fun. <laughs> so it was a good movie. I was really pleasantly surprised how good the movie was. Even even after all the hype that I heard, I went in there with a little skepticism, and I'm like, I was, I was, it it, it met my expectations and exceeded it. So did you know that um, mm. Nicolas Cage actually turned down this role several times? Really? Yes. <laughs> the two actors that they that they might have been played by him was either Daniel Day Lewis or Christian Bale. I wouldn't have the same weight. It would not it, have be as. Good. It wouldn't. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't be the unbearable weight of the massive talent that <laughs> Nicholas. So Cage basically, is. like no matter who the actor was going to be, it was going to be that actor. Like they were going to play themselves. They were going to play Nicholas Cage. What? They were going to play Nicholas. I think they were going to play Nicholas Cage. No. Yeah, because they turned down the role. What? No. Like, I, from my understanding, I think it was that they were going to have Daniel Day Lewis or. Uh, Nick, uh, uh, Christian Bale. Again, I don't like. It's just crazy to me if they pick, if they pick those actors and then that actor would play another actor. Yeah, it's so weird. Like I'm happy. I, I I'm happy that he did it. Like honestly, right now his trajectory is changing so much because he just got became he became so synonymous with just any movie. It wasn't even it it just started becoming less about obscurely good movies, obscurely okay movies like you know. Where he just started making these movies that people didn't even know the names of, like they did. He did jujitsu that had no jujitsu in it. <laughs> you remember that movie? Barely. Yes, I do remember. We but, reviewed it. Yeah, we, I do remember it. But uh, there was just another one where it's Wally like, World. Wally World. Which was Wally World? The one that he he. he oh did, yes, yes, he yes, doesn't yes. have one line in it. Or he has like one, I think See, one but that, word. Saying, those are the kind of movies I kind of expect from him that they're like on a but low budget, a, but they're weird. But but they're good though. No, they are. But then, well, except for jujitsu. But then he started coming out with, and then I even, I even like what was it this? Uh, what was it with the witch? Uh, something with the witch. Season of the witch. Oh, okay. Yeah, like that was such a weird movie because that was him and um, uh, um, Hellboy. Yeah, Ron Perlman. Yes, and I that was such a weird kind of movie, but I loved it. I thought it was entertaining. But Pig then was even, good also. Which one? Pig. Pig, oh, well, this is, that's what, wait, this is what I mean. That's to change his trajectory. Because, like I said, he started doing the jujitsu one, or he started doing, um, what was, there was movies that I really didn't even watch, because it was, like, super, so, like, a, like, Tokyo Dangerous, or something like that, like, so, not Tokyo, was it, um, Bangkok Dangerous? Oh, yeah. Like, stuff like that, like, movies that I, I, I really would The Prisoners of the Ghostland? Yeah, they like were they in, as in man. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. They heard they're really good either. Also, yeah, uh, Mandy I heard was really good. It was inter- It was weird, but it was good. I haven't seen Mandy yet, but it was like a horror movie. I know, I know, but I'm just saying, you know. Um, but I get Pig. I think feel like is 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 where people started to like. Wait a minute, he actually has talent. Like he he's actually, always had talent. No, he oh, he has, but you know, again, the synonymous like, oh my god, he's just doing any movie. Period. So it was just like that was it. It was just doing I, anything. I, and now I feel like people are like, wait a minute. No, he does. He's good. This, you just got to give him the role to do it. Yes. All right. So here's here's what I feel like this movie is, pro- is going to be projected into. Yeah. 
So with this movie and and as good as it was, mm. a lot of movies I feel are are becoming cult classic or instant cult classic. I think Nicolas Cage himself is going to be a cult classic. Of course he is. Like the people that are going to have a genre just for Nicolas Cage movies. There's not many actors that you could have that would you would think would have their own cult classic following. Because he is one that has done triple A blockbuster movies to the obscure C, like not even B, B status, like C status movies. Mm-hmm. He's all over the place. And, 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 and you could show that he loves acting. He loves putting on films and becoming characters and everything. And then this one is just going to catapult him like, oh, we're, we're going to have a Nicolas Cage night. That's it. You know, okay, so this is my, my dream for him right now is because the thing with him is that one thing I've noticed that he's always wanted, and it seems like he's very into a specific comic book company. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he, I feel like he's always wanted to be a superhero, right? Yeah. But it, it's been not successful because I'm, as much as, honestly, Ghost Rider, I think, has good parts to it. I know it's more like a joke with a lot of different things. But for the most part, I enjoyed his, you know, him. Yeah, I always enjoy him, um, and I know he tried to be Superman for one at one point. I would love to. I would love for Marvel to give him a role. I think if Marvel gave him a role and made him a certified, even if it's just in one movie, made him a certified superhero that actually has that kind of the same level of respect you see in all these Marvel characters. Yeah, because DC always kind of just wait, but Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider is Marvel. Marvel. But I still All wish right, so, they, they gave you, him you, a better. Like you're a talking better about role. a Marvel Kevin Feige driven yes, movie, yes. with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, not, because not it, like it's DC. good. It's good. He's good, and the story's good, and it actually carries better weight. Where he'll be more, he'll be more appreciated as a cult classic versus, like I said, Ghost Rider, where they might like his performance. They, basically, he he goes from being a movie being good from because right now, if you say Ghost Rider or those kind of movies, you probably say it's entertaining. But good is not necessarily the word you automatically use. But you think about all these other Marvel movies, Iron Man, all these other ones. They're great. Mo- they're good, great movies. But that's how they're going to be depicted. And that's what I'm saying. Give him yeah. a role where he, well, he can was, shine. He was a superhero in this movie for me. <laughs> that's what he was. I'm just saying, I would like to see him in a Kevin, like you said, Kevin. Hey, Kevin Feige and Marvel has have redeemed a lot of different people, if you think about it. Yeah. Because you got um, Michael B. Jordan. Um, Chris Evans, they've all played Marvel characters in non Kevin Feige movies, and when they came back in Kevin Feige movies, they came back stronger. Yeah. Yes, so because the unbearable massive, <laughs> unbearable weight of massive talent. I just, I hope Cage. they give him a role. I hope they give him a role like they give Jeff uh, Jeff Goldblum. Oh yeah, just as uh, just an obscure role that he ha- he he's able to play just himself. play himself in just a high role. Like oh my just God. remember just, him so well like that. Yeah. Oh man. All right, but okay, let's so let's get back to this movie. Yes, let's do it. Because we're, we're, we're yeah. Now we're we're all off topic, but yeah, the movie was good. Um, I like <laughs> the, the story. The only thing that I kind of felt was like, so it kind of felt very artistic in the sense of the ending felt like I wasn't sure if it was real or not. Okay, it was so surreally so surreal as far as how perfectly everything ended up. That I felt, and especially because of the scene where they cut from what was actually going on to what happened later, right? It was that, so quick. It was well, not just quick, but it was that specific scene where, you know, uh, spoiler, where he was about to die. 
So the whole point was that his daughter tossed him a knife and he stabbed the guy. Um, but obviously that could have just gone wrong. And he could have got sh- like that's something it, it, you left it in such a specific part, and everything happened so perfectly after that you just it it very much seems so surreally like he just died and this is his heaven. Yeah. Because automatically he just wakes up, he's in the theater. His literally agent who only showed up in the beginning of the movie. His, Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris, nah. yeah. All these different things started happening, and it was just way too perfect. Yeah. Like, it didn't even seem real at that point. That's But it like, was. But it was real. He came back. Good. Well, he never, he never actually left. That's right, because the unbearable weight, <laughs> massive weight of talent from Nicolas Cage. I feel like you were going to say something bad. No, but <laughs> going into the the one thing that that caught me off guard in this whole movie, yeah, is one thing is they there's a there's several scenes that he is talking to himself in the in a oh my god version, I love that sorry I which, love that. which is like his alter ego of like yeah the the egotistical like you got this you you're able to do because you're Nicolas Cage one thing I found out was that that is the latest. Uh, technology for de aging that they're using, okay, which was really good. I thought no, it was a great, great rendition. Now I remember I asked you this question when we watched the movie: Was that him doing the acting, or was that some other person standing in while they CGI'd the face for the acting? And maybe he supplied the voice. No, he actually did the face. So he actually did the role, and they just de aged him. Yes. Wow. No, because he was. Super animated. I mean, I don't know how old he actually, but he was super animated uh, for so, that yeah, for so that scene. So they said, in order to portray a younger version of himself, Nicholas Cage not, not ha- uh, Nicholas had to not only alter his body language and energy, but he transformed using the latest in de aging technology. So this and here's a great thing. So there's there's this, this the most awkward scene where the younger version of Nicolas Cage is making out <laughs> with the current version of Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I remember that. And funny enough, it was his idea. To kiss himself? To make out with himself. I could see that. Think about <laughs> it. Like, think of, If your ego is that far gone that you literally, your ego literally has its own, like its own entity, like its own person. Yeah. And like, I love how he saw himself when he first started as a star. Yeah. But <laughs> that he would kiss himself, and then he would just do it so weirdly, like, like it was just nothing, like yeah, it, was, it like it happened so many times before. Oh my gosh, like it was so. <laughs> I loved it. This movie was so. You know who I'd love to see a movie like this about too. Who? I don't know how it would work, but I would like I can see him doing this. Christopher Walken. Ooh. I, I, I can see Christopher Walken playing something like this. Playing himself. Something like some similar role where he is like he's playing portraying like an overly like cocky, you know, I don't know. Just I can see like, um, you know, I, about this. I can just see him doing it. I don't know why. I just see something like where he can he can kind of pull something like this off. Like I'm crazy like this. Him or Willem Dafoe. OK, Willem Dafoe. I could definitely see like that. very, very just very just over the top crazy acting. Like, <laughs> like it's fun, though. Like, good. I don't know. It was. Such a good movie. I really did enjoy it. Um, I was really surprised. I did not yeah. think I was going to enjoy it that much. And also, the, there's a scene in the at the end of the movie, he has this whole monologue about a tarantula uh, belt. Yeah. He, he ad-libbed that whole thing. I can see that. I, I just realized that. I just <laughs> found that out. I was like, 
I was like, let me find some fun facts. I was like, oh shit. That was actually an interesting part because think about it. Like you, you got interested like in that. It was like he was right. I mean, I, I saw the bell book. I'm like, what's that tarantula? <laughs> but it was one of those stories where it's like, because there's always those little stories at the end of a movie where you just kind of like the whole point is just to, to everybody kind of be engaged with what he's saying. But yeah. uh, I loved how it actually felt like a story that I wanted to hear. I was like, oh, which was a great reference to the Wicker Man. Really? Okay. Because of the bees. <laughs> Well, um, the yes, other part, Nicholas Cage being Nicholas Cage, talking about Nicholas Cage in the movie. The one part I really did like was the whole thing with, because uh, it's talking about movies. This whole this this is like literally like movie savants talking about movies, cinephiles, I guess. Yeah, talking cinephiles. about movies, and all of a sudden you get Paddington Two. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> because like, I never saw Paddington, and I cried from the beginning to the end. <laughs> he goes, That's a big jump. That was, I was like, Paddington, too. Like, they just showed her, like, everybody's crying. And at the end, when she's like, oh, I love this movie, like, he just got all emotional when she said that. I'm like, we'll watch whatever you want to watch, honey. Paddington, too. <laughs> all right, let's get, let's get into some quotes. Let's, let's, let's definitely get into I'll some quotes. I'll let you quotes. start off. because you, you want me to start off? Yes, I'm sure you have one. I do have one. All right, so the first one, uh, I'll, do, I'll do one. I'll do one. This time around, I'll just do one. So this one is by um, Javi, which is played by Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. And, he t- and this is when he first, uh, he's poolside, and Nicolas Cage is saying that he's quit, he's retiring from acting. And this devastates Javi because this is when Javi wanted to tell him that he has a, he has a script for him that he wants him to play in the movie. Mm-hmm. And the, Javi goes, you, you, have a gr- you have a gift. And that, br- that gift brings light and joy t- to an increasingly dark and broken world. And to turn your back on that gift is to turn your back on the entire human race. Damn, that was over the top. <laughs> yeah. I was, over I the was top. like, what the <laughs> fuck? Yo, the way he saw him, I was just like, wow, dude. This is like. Jeez. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, like, honestly, I, I, my favorite part as far as the quote was when he's talking to himself. And he does that whole, you know, I'm Nick, like the whole like, I'm trying to remember how Nick he said fucking it. Fucking king. No, he held it. He held. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he held it, and you know, like, he was so over the top when he did it. That's my thing. That was just my like. Ugh. I wasn't looking for anything inspirational or anything like, like that scene. That just that whole prolonged because they replayed at the end of it too, and I loved it. Yeah. But yeah, I don't like just him saying Nick. Fucking cage, yeah, was just the way he did it was just so over the top. I was like, "This is awesome!" <laughs> like I'm just like just holding. He's just like holding. Nick, fucking cage, like yo, he just yeah. got into. It. I loved it. Another one, I'll add this one. Right, one. Go ahead. And this one, he he said it several times, and this is what because he thought he didn't think that Javi was the bad guy throughout the whole movie, mm. and he goes, "I always trust my shamantic instincts as a thespian." <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Sh- like, shaman, shamanic. Yeah, because I shamanic remember. Shamanic instincts as a thespian. Yeah, because they were, what was it, when he would start talking to the, the, the CIA. F- or, yeah. And they were like, he like he knows better. Like, <laughs> okay, so you know better because of this versus all our intelligence. For, like, for the past year to five years we've been <laughs> investigating. Yes, that's, how, that, that's going to outweigh your shamanic <laughs> instincts as a thespian. It was it was it was awesome. It was very cool, kind of buddy ish. Oh my god! 
I actually want to see them in another movie together. You think them two together? Would yes, be? I think that that I think that's new bromance couple. I just hope this this leads to bigger roles for him. Like he did Pig, he killed it. He did this one, he killed it, and like the audience came to came to play. They came to see him. I'm just hoping now that like okay, they start offering him big roles again. Because that was the thing is like you don't see him in in big roles. You know as, what? I as, don't. Like they used to. I don't. You don't want him to go big roles. I don't want him to do the big roles. Why? I I feel that unless he, the only way I I would like to see him in a bigger role other than a superhero role, yeah. a superhero cartoon uh, comic book movie, because I would love to see him uh, because he'll fly off the pages through the film better than most. I think that when it comes to big budget movies, there's a lot of constraints to pigeonhole you to to portray this character in a certain way. I feel like when he has like a movie like this. That's more like him, but like Pig or like uh, uh, Wally World. I guess he has more freedom to improvise and to, to, to play with the role more to make it more enjoyable to watch. I've, that's what I think. I, I don't know. I, don't, we don't, I have never been in a big budget set, but I feel that whenever they have big budget movies, they have this, this idea. They, they pour all this money into it that they were like, they're just trying to pull out as much cash as they can from it. Than enjoying the movie and, and giving a good product at, at the I end mean, of it. I mean, it's true, but then the thing is, you always got to give credit that like some big budget movies are done well. Yes. So like, if give him a good a good movie with a good script, that's the thing is that all the movies because like for like Wally World, like he sh- he blew up, but he didn't say a word. Yet every other person in the movie, I don't remember what the hell they looked like. That's how for in a sense, I don't remember them. Like they they're did, forgettable. They're forgettable. But that's the problem is that he is a he is a, a a talent in and itself, and then he's he, a cult exactly. But that's what I'm saying. But then if you don't have the budget to give him support or uh, like freedom, freedom. look at like uh, like I'm guessing. Like I said, I was surprised by the actor they picked for this role, and maybe they only got him because he's such a fan. Because maybe they didn't have the they wouldn't have the, normally the budget for that. Yeah, I don't know. What I'm saying is. At least with a bigger budget movie, you could bring in bigger talent, bigger talent, bigger scripts, bigger directors, something to actually like showcase him. Oh my god! So, yeah, I'll let you finish. No, no, that was it. That was it. Yeah, go ahead. If I want, I if if it's not a superhero movie, I would love to see him in a Taiki Waititi movie. I think they would. I think they would play well. That too. would be a fucking phenomenal because they're both quirky and obscure. That they'll be able to play off each other's ideas mm-hmm. and how how Takiti YTT writes and, and directs a movie comparison to how Nicholas Cage would act with he has some freedom to it. I know exactly the movie that they should do together, right? What? So one of the one of Nicholas Cage's first movies was um I can't remember the name of it, but basically it was about a guy who believed he was turning into a vampire. Vampire's kiss. Yes. But the, it was very obscure whether he actually was or not. Mm-hmm. Right, but the idea was that he was, or he believed he was. Oh my God! What happened if he was in uh, Into the Shadows? He literally cut me off. Not necessarily Into the Shit. Shadows, not Into the Shadows. But what would be interesting is if he did a movie with Taco Waititi where he actually like is, let's say, he's becoming like he is a vampire. Yeah, like trying to live in a modern time. something like that. Something like something like a, a, a good balance between you know uh, Vampire's Kiss and what we do in the, the Shadows. shadows. But just literally just highlight on him. Yes. Oh my God. Like just like that. Where it's let's, like, let's write that up. Send it to like <laughs> Tekkei Waititi. 
And Nicholas Cage. Oh, by the way, Into the Shadows is getting uh, their fifth, fifth their, season. Is it fifth by this point? Yeah, because I think the fourth season was just out. But it's a, it's about to drop. Like literally, they saw the, the the pre trailer the other day. Oh, okay. So I can't wait for that because I li- I love that show. That show brings me so much joy. So much joy. So much joy. All right. So now we just posted up our quotes. What is our ratings? I'll let you go first. Um, I. I didn't. I love this movie, and I'm like, I'm trying to think if if I want to go this far. Because I really did. You said we can't pick anything half, right? No, you can't pick three and a half. You can pick two and a half, four and a half. And just not three one and, and a half. half. You can't just pick three and a half. Okay, so I'm gonna say four and a half. Ooh, yeah, really? I really did. It was funny. I liked it. I love the acting. I like the weirdness of it. I like. I love Nicolas Cage, and you know this. Like everybody's performances is. It was over the top. It was not like, um, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't a huge blockbuster movie, but it was definitely something that I, I, I really had fun watching. And I would love for other people to watch it, and I would love to watch it again. Oh, yeah, definitely. I give, I give this four Nickies. Okay. So it was, it was incredibly good because the unbearable massive talent of Nicolas Cage is yeah. amazing. It was definitely so we had four point two five Nickies for the recent, the most recent Nicolas Cage movie, The Unbearable Massive Talent. Yes, sir. And you could find it on Amazon Prime. You could order it. I think it was like six dollars rental. Mm-hmm. I think about that around that price range. Go check it out and come back to let us know what you think. All right, man. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into the latest episodes from my mom's garage home theater. A as always, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, or you can email us at fmmgpodcast at gmail.com. As always, tell a friend, send a friend, bring a friend. See you next week. Later.